What's up, guys? We're gonna choose podcast. My name is Saul Monali at Saul Monali NBA on Twitter. Here, joined by Craig Ackerman, the new full-time play-by-play broadcaster of the Houston Rockets. First of all, how does that sound? I know it's got to feel good. Uh, well, uh, Salman, thanks for having me on um, as usual. And uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it, it feels good. Um, obviously, I've been doing um, very similar things to this for for quite a while now. But yes, I'm I'm very excited. Uh, about this opportunity, um, you know, I, I I think back to the the very first day um, that I walked into the summit for my interview uh, for an internship, and to think that um, I came uh, from that point, which was in um, 1994, to where I am now. It's been uh, it's been a crazy, remarkable journey, and um, yes, uh, both. Personally and professionally, this is a really awesome moment for me. Was there ever a point where you were nervous about this? Like, I can tell you, I was never nervous on your behalf. It felt like the obvious move. But it's obviously different when you're the person involved. Like, do you did you ever think there was a possibility you wouldn't get this? Uh, I never take anything for granted in this business. So I never accept the fact that anything is a sure thing uh, until it actually happens. And then, frankly, once you get those opportunities, I still don't take anything for granted uh, in this business because, uh, you could be replaced, um, at any moment. So, um, I try to do my best with, with every chance that I'm given, try to make the most of it, uh, and continue to work hard and do what, what I think has, has made me successful, uh, to this point. And so, uh, even though I, I do believe that I have, I have earned this opportunity with my performance and my resume and the time I've put in, I still don't take it for granted, and I will never take it for granted. And I will continue to, um, again, work very hard to uh, continue to uh, make sure that the people who ultimately make these decisions for these kinds of jobs are happy with my performance, and I can continue working in this capacity. Well, listen, everybody knows who you are and your story, but it bears repeating because I think it's pretty cool. There aren't any big jumps. It's all incremental. Like You literally started as an intern, as you said. You worked for the team for 14 years before getting the radio gig from Gene Peterson and Jim Foley in 2008. You worked that gig for eight, for eight years, and then you take over road games for Bill Worrell in 2016. And listen, like however I feel about Worrell, like, he's a beloved figure here. A lot of people grew up listening to the guy uh, call games for their favorite team. So those are big shoes to fill. And then now, five years later, you're taking over full-time. Um, listen, I've said it to you in person. I'll say it again. Like, congratulations, man. You truly deserve this and you're going to be awesome. I appreciate it. And I want to thank you and Ben DeBose. I know uh, on a recent podcast, you guys started off with some comments uh, about this opportunity for me and you were very kind. And I do appreciate that very, very much. I appreciate uh, your support there. But yeah, um, you know, Jim Foley used to say, um, for the lack of a better better phrase, that guys in, who get these kinds, people who get these kind of jobs, uh, literally sort of die in office, if you will. Um, they, they don't they don't come around uh, with great frequency. Uh, and when they do, uh, they are insanely competitive um, to land. And again, I have been very fortunate and in some respects, it's been it th- my journey has been rather unusual in this business and that people tend to kind of bounce around and do different things, but I've sort of literally grown up uh, here with the Rockets, starting, as a, again, as, a, as an intern when I had just turned 20. Um, I turned 47, you know, um, about, uh, what was it, uh, a month and a half ago. So I've literally spent more than half of my life working for the, 
for the Rockets organization in one in one form or another. That's that's pretty unusual. And again, I, I've just been very fortunate that I've been in the right place at the right time. Again, I think I've proven that I've earned the right to be given these opportunities, but I've been in the right place at the right time, which is a really important thing in this industry. And then I have been surrounded by a lot of people who have supported me and stuck up for me and gone to bat for me. Uh, without any of them, there's no way I would ever be in this position now. Well, listen, you weren't the only change to the Rockets broadcast. You have a new partner. Uh, his yes. name is Ryan Hollins, 10-year NBA vet, played on several NBA teams, and it's catching a lot of attention that none of those teams were the Rockets. The announcement took a lot of people by surprise, I think, and it, it is a break from what you traditionally see. Usually it's someone who played for the team in the past. Uh, I'll say this. I'm unfamiliar with Ryan's broadcast work, but I'm aware he has experience. I know he's a good guy. And you guys know how critical I am with these league pass broadcasters. Like, but I think Rockets fans should give him a chance. I really do. I'm really excited about the prospect of Houston getting a fresh broadcast through and through. Where, uh, when did you know this was coming down the pipeline? Have you talked to Ryan since? Like, what what should we expect from him? Yeah, yeah, we, we've communicated, and um, you know, typically, yeah, I, I guess if there's, I guess industry standard when you're working for, for representing an organization. Um, Play-by-play people tend to come from different backgrounds I instead of somebody who's necessarily – because obviously you didn't play for the organization, right? And so play-by-play people can be brought in from a variety of places. And so that's not all that um, unusual. But, yeah, I think it does uh, – you know, I, I, w- I don't know how many – off the top of my head, I don't know how many jobs uh, for teams have gone to analysts that don't have some sort of a, of a tie with that organization for – for one reason or another, whether they were coaching or playing with that team. So I think that a little bit of a out of left field. But let me tell you something. Uh, Ryan is a great guy, tremendous guy. He has got a lot of energy. Uh, in fact, uh, my greatest strength, I think, is my energy. And as we – this is going to be a work in progress because obviously he and I have never worked with one another. Um, but I think I might have to back off on my energy a little bit because I think he's he's going he's gonna to bring quite a bit. Um he he knows the league and look, I, I, obviously his he has game experience, not a ton of it, but he does. Most of the experience that people are aware of is his appearances on First Take, um, which is sort of a narrative driven show, uh, a role playing show, um, if you will. Uh, but Ryan has done work for the Clippers um, and there is a difference between working as a game analyst than as opposed to working on a show. Um, like first take. And I think Ryan absolutely 100% has the chops um, to do this. Uh, and again, it will be a work in progress because he and I get need to get familiar with one another. It's just like any team that's on the floor. When you put together a new group of people, um, it will take a while to sort of develop chemistry because there's a certain sort of rhythm and cadence that goes along with calling games. And then as you learn the, uh, the, you know, your partner, how they work, what they like, when they like to talk, when they don't like to talk and vice versa. It takes it takes a little bit of time to kind of develop that chemistry. So that's something we're going to try to develop uh, as soon as we can. But uh, look, he's going to be very energetic. He's going to be super enthusiastic by the Rockets. And look, if you're going to make an out of the box hire, which this certainly is um, with this organization, considering his two predecessors, Calvin Murphy and Matt Bullard played for the organization. This is the time to do it. Um, you know, look, Rafael Stone was new last year. 
Steven Silas was hired prior to the start of last season. So they were new then, but last year was so weird and so funky, at times dysfunctional. It really was a transitional season. This is the this is the time to kind of start from the ground floor because the team is starting from the ground floor. The organization, there are a lot of people who are working in the front office that most fans uh, don't really know um, because they, they're they're more concerned with what goes out on, goes on the floor uh, with the team. But there are a lot of people who have been promoted, like Gretchen Shear, uh, who have been with the organization for a very long time. A lot of other people have been longtime employees with the organization who have been promoted uh, into upper management positions that uh, have certainly deserved um, those opportunities. A new chief marketing officer. There's been a lot of change in the organization. There's been significant change with the actual team in front office. And now, again, if there is a time uh, to do this and make a change like this with the broadcast crew, uh, I think this is the best time to do it. And again, I, I think I think with time, uh, I think people will, will warm up to Ryan and the fact that he didn't play for the organization because I, I think he's good. I think he's going to do a good job. Yeah, and your for, your former partner also got a little bit of a promotion. He's in the front office now. Yeah, yeah, uh, Matt's yeah, Matt's there too, and, and Matt's in a great place. Uh, he's very happy. So I mean, I saw him out at training camp. This week, he, he's really enjoying um, his, his new role, so he's happy with that. Um, uh, it, it's my understanding that um, uh, he and Ryan Hollins have had a conversation, so Matt has been incredibly professional and classy uh, about this, sort of welcome, welcoming him to the organization, kind of giving him some pointers and some tips from somebody who's got a lot of experience doing this, obviously more experience uh, than Ryan, um, and so – uh, you know, like Kaylee and I, again, we both have conversations with Ryan, um, the organization. Um, we're, have, we're having some meetings tomorrow in advance of our, our first broadcast on Tuesday. So I'm excited. I'm ready for it. Well, as you are aware, the Rockets only have four national TV games this year. Yep. Uh, a swift change from the past for obvious uh, yes. reasons, <laughs> but a swift change nonetheless. Uh, most people who watch this team this year are going to do it through their television provider uh, in Houston or do it through League Pass, which means we're going to hear a lot of Craig, a lot of Ryan, a lot of Kaylee Griffin, and a lot of Mario Ellie. So I'm looking forward to it. It really does line up, as you said, with the direction of the franchise as a whole. Uh, if, if it were up to me, I would work every game, like preseason, regular season, postseason. But obviously we have some restrictions and so forth, especially when it comes to the regular season and postseason when you have some national TV exclusivities. But that's not the case this year. Um, but I, and this is going to be, a, I mean, look, Rafael Stone said it multiple times at media date. I think this is going to be a really fun team. Now, if you're expecting this group to, you know, win 50 games, then your expectations are probably significantly higher um, than they should be. But this is a group that's really young, really athletic, really energetic. And trust me, there's a lot of talent on this roster, but it needs seasoning. It needs developing. Uh, it needs experience and growth. And, and again, I think it's going to be super exciting. And I kind of sort of um, draw the comparison with the Astros. Um, the Astros were awful for three consecutive years, losing a hundred plus games. But during that time, uh, they built themselves a homegrown core foundation of players that have ultimately ushered in what is the greatest era of Astros baseball. And for that reason, in this market, Astros fans are absolutely 100% locked in and in love with that team because their most important players have been homegrown talent. They've grown, as the team has grown up, 
the fans have grown up with the team. And I think the Rockets are in a fairly similar situation now, obviously at the very bottom floor here. But let's hope that us and the players and the fans, we can all work and grow together. And in a handful of years from now, I think when the team does get back, um, hopefully maybe sooner than that, but within three to five years, somewhere in that neighborhood, when this group grows and gets experience, um, then the passion, excitement, and love affair with the team could be the same way that it's been with the Houston Astros over the last handful of years. So let's talk about the Young Rockets. I just spent four painstaking days commuting to Galveston to cover <laughs> Rockets training camp, and I've come to regret it, honestly. I should have just gotten a hotel, but that's besides the point. Uh, we have a lot of storylines here to dig into, and I want to start with Jalen Green because this was my first week being around him, and there's just something different covering these guys through TV and Zoom versus doing it in person. Um for example, and this is going to sound a little bit weird, but Jalen just has like a quality or like an aura about him that you can tell pretty quickly he's one of the most important people in the room. Like I've been around Harden, Westbrook, and Paul, and they all got this quality. And it, it, it shocked me because I didn't really expect to get that vibe from him, but I did. Like the way he carries himself, the way he interacts with his teammates and all the other stuff, like you can just tell that this dude is going to be a star without any knowledge about him. And he's got this level of polish about him that you don't see from other rookies. Like he gets it. He knows why he's here. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, or am I sounding yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He, he's a very, he, you know, he's a, he's a very mature young man, very mature. And look, he's been dealing with the basketball spotlight since his early days of high school. I mean, there've been a lot of eyes on him for a very um, long time, obviously took a, took a step. Uh, to forego college and go into the G League. Uh, and so there was some scrutiny um, along with that, played well in the G League, obviously in a very brief time after being selected by the Rockets. Um, he did not uh, quell any of the excitement for him with his appearances in the Vegas Summer League. Um, and watching him in training camp, he is as explosive um, as advertised, has a really good look and shot. Uh, obviously, he's got incredible athleticism, uh, good size, very poised, very mature. I think all of those things are are qualities uh, that an organization is looking for uh, in a player that will, if he's not already sort of fronting the organization in that capacity, very soon will be. And I think I think he's absolutely uh, prepared for that. I think he's going to have a very good year. I think obviously with young players, especially when you're a teenager. Um, there are going to be some some down moments, but I think um, as he learns and grows, and again, I, that's what I think that the the, the the most exciting thing is about this season is that um, there is a lot of intrigue in how this group will will grow and mesh uh, with him and Kevin Porter Jr. in the backcourt. Um, yeah, I'm excited, and I think Jalen Green is. I, I think he's everything that you want for a player who comes in with the amount of hype that he came into the league with that it looks like he is going to be able to not only physically deal with the rigors of playing in the league but I think he's going to emotionally going to be able to handle it as well and and so I think the organization is, is very happy with where they are and he is right now obviously just a week into his first true NBA experience yeah he's just so smooth and like I think that comes from his experience in the G League. Every all his movements feel natural. He's got vet moves. Like there, there's this. Uh, he knows how to do the crab dribble, which is basically when you use your butt to kind of block off the guy and then go for the floater. The LeBron, uh, that's like, the LeBron James move. 
Yeah, the Chris Paul move, like all, all, like all those vets know. I, I just know he picked that up in the G League. I know someone just talked, and it's funny, like you know, he t- before training camp he talked about how he felt like uh, he felt like a second year pro, and he, like four days in training camp he's like, yeah, this game's just way faster than what I was accustomed to. So there's they're still going to be an adjustment process. No as, question. As polished as we're talking about, like he he definitely needs to get adjusted to the pace of the NBA game, the strength of NBA defenders the athleticism of NBA defenders. Um, it's it's gonna it's, it's still going to be some growing pains, but he does have everything you would want of, out of that kind of prospect. Yeah, and huh. underscore underscore pace, because yeah. this team, I think, might end up leading the league in pace. They, they, they are going to play ridiculously fast um, this season. So, and again, they're going to be pushing it every single chance they get because this team, what is this team's current Strength, the, the known strength. Well, they're young and athletic, so they're going to play to that strength, which means they're going to get up and down the floor. They're going to try to use their athleticism um, to their advantage. And, and again, I think that's one reason amongst many, this is going to be a really fun team to watch, even if they don't ultimately win a whole lot. Stories like Turning Red. On Hulu, watch originals like The Dropout. And on ESPN Plus, score big with Big Poppy's Places. Get more of what you love with the Disney Bundle for only $13.99. And it's, it's, it's becoming pretty clear to me that the biggest storyline of training camp has become Kevin Porter Jr. Obviously because of the John Wan news a few weeks ago, we all know he's going to be the starting point guard. He's also he also had a pretty deep media day. Like he said, the Rockets saved his life, and that's a pretty heavy thing to say. One yeah. doesn't say that lightly. Uh, in the media, we obviously took that quote, analyzed it, and ran with it, obviously. But I had no idea the level of investment Houston had of him, had in him being successful until this week. Like they obviously clear their deck for him to start. Um, they've had John Lucas and Stephen Silas attached to him at the hip uh, to make sure he keeps his nose clean off the court, and I think. He's going to have a usage rate that surprises people this season. Like he's going to have the ball a lot, and this is pr- a pretty critical season for him. It's not uh, always the case, but that third season is usually where players take that leap. He's extension eligible this summer, and I find him to be the most compelling storyline on the team this season. What have you thought about him coming out of camp? Um, I think everything that you basically mentioned is, is true. They, they, he, they are going to ask him to orchestrate pretty much everything for them. Uh, on the floor, it's going to be his responsibility to make sure that not only does he get himself involved, but he gets his teammates involved. He is going to sort of be the, the straw that stirs um, their drink. Um, and it's important. Look, th- this is no secret. The two most important things this season are the development of Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green. Um, uh, and we, we saw flashes from Kevin last year coming out of the G League, came back, got a chance to really play uh, uh, at the point, a position that he really hadn't played before and really showed flashes of someone who could absolutely manage that position. Obviously, the game uh, against Milwaukee where he scored 50, but people also have to remember he had like, what, 11 assists in that game, I believe, off the off the top of my head. He had other games where he was really orchestrating and creating opportunities um, for other players. So, yeah, they're going to ask a lot for him this year. I think I think he's um, willing uh, to certainly accept that role. Again, I think there will still be some growing pains with him because um, he's playing with some new, new guys. And I think that the chemistry development 
between he and Jalen on the floor, not off, but on the floor, is going to be a very important thing to keep an eye on this year as well. How they pick their spots, where, you know, how much does one shoot versus the other? How do they ultimately get guys like Christian Wood and Eric Gordon going and some of these other players were on their own the floor uh, playing with them? And so, um, but yeah, I mean, I think he's in a, I think he's an incredible talent. He obviously slipped in the draft for some off the floor issues. Obviously things um, did not go well for him uh, in Cleveland uh, with the exception of the game he played against the Rockets up in Cleveland where he was spectacular. Um, But I think he's crazy talented. He's got tremendous side size. I think he's got all of the tools uh, to be a very good NBA basketball player. And, and I'm excited that uh, as you mentioned, the deck is cleared for him to do so. Yeah, the, the the passing really surprised me last year. I did not know he was that good of a passer until he uh, he came to Houston and obviously had the ball in his hands a lot. Um, it, I, I think I think this is a natural role for him. I really do. If he, if he can pass like that, like I think I'd rather see him at the point guard position, the shooting guard position. Frankly, I, th- I think Jalen Green is more of that natural scorer, and Kevin Porter Jr. While he can score. I feel like the passing is probably his gateway to staying in the NBA for a very long time. Especially his ability at his size and athletic ability to get into the paint, collapse the defense, and then kick out. So, I, yes, um, uh, and, and, and I think the Rockets made the right decision. Uh, I think a lot of people are like, well, they're going to play him at point guard. They thought it was a head scratcher, but they the Rockets coaches and front office knew what they were doing. Uh, when um, they sent him down to the the G League, not only just to kind of just kind of get settled, but they wanted him to learn to to play point guard, and um, I think that was a, a positive development again, which we saw uh, in the second half of last season, and I, I can't wait to to watch it again uh, beginning here in the preseason. So I came into camp really wanting to write about Alperen Shingun. As listeners of the show know. Shingun is one of the few players I, I was really high on coming out of the draft. Uh, he was polarizing to a lot of people, but I thought he was one of the handful of players in this draft that had legitimate star potential. Uh, his tape from the BSL was extremely fun. Like, this dude was a beast. Oh, by the way, uh, the BSL is uh, the Turkish league. Um, this dude was a beast. Uh, he had the strength. He had the touch around the basket. All the fakes and counters in the world. And he was a great foul drawer. He got to the free throw line a ton. Um, good pick and roll guy, which, you know, you might not expect from him, but he did that a lot in Turkey. Um, and phenomenal passer, like no look passes for days. Um, like off the charts, off the charts, good passing the ball off the charts. Yeah. Yeah. It just finds cutters all the time. Um, I, and I think in the beginning, it takes a while to get used to, right? Cause you're not used to someone seeing plays develop that quickly or knowing where anticipating where you're going to be that quickly so there's going to be a lot of butterfingers moments but as you get used to it you're going to you're going to catch that ball and rockets players were kind of talking about this throughout training camp what really surprised me is the Jokic comparisons like like as i was asking players about him like Jokic just kept coming up unprompted and that's like Listen, that, that was the MVP of the league last year. That's comp- that kind of comparison is nuts. Uh, I, I I think you know that's a little lofty, but I, it it does tell you what how people view him. Like he has that kind of touch and that passing ability. Um, and so I asked Stephen Silas and multiple players about him as I was collecting so- quotes for the story, and I was ready to publish on Friday. In fact, I had a conversation with my editor, and I was like, you know what, I want to wait a day before he publish. I want to speak to Shingun one more time. And lo and behold, the next day I hear from multiple people that Shingun absolutely destroyed the scrimmage that Houston had. Uh, remember, the media wasn't allowed in, but I asked Silas that day uh, right away, 
And he was like, yeah, that guy destroyed. And I can't wait for Rockets fans to go to get to see him in a bigger role. Um, I, that, that guy's going to be fun. That he's, guy's going to be fun. He's crazy talented. Like, there's re, there, there's legitimate reasons to be super excited about Jalen Green, which are the obvious reasons that sort of every fan of the team kind of I, – like, I, I, uh, I've walked into the grocery store and, and I'm asking, well, what's, how's Jalen Green looking? How's Jalen Green looking? Um, so people are excited about Jalen Green for obvious reasons. He was a second overall pick. But I'm telling you, man, there is a lot of reasons to be excited about Alperin Shingun. Um, I, I, I couldn't. This is just my opinion here. I would be very surprised if he spends any time in the G League. No, um, I, he, he's not playing in the G League. I think he's going to be the backup center right he's, away. He's been playing pro ball against grown men for a couple of years now. The Rockets have five 19-year-olds right now on their preseason, their training camp roster. He's the youngest of the group, um, but he is super talented. He's got – I, I admit, I, I don't follow a whole lot of European basketball, so I didn't know a lot about him. The first time I started hearing about him was when everybody was coming up with their, their mock drafts and their breakdowns of the draft and so on and so forth. Watched him in summer league and was like, wow, he's really good. Seeing him in person for the first time – He's got a very strong uh, lower half, thick legs, strong base, which I think ultimately as he gets older, he will continue to put on weight, which is a, is a good thing. I think he's got the type of body frame that will bulk up, and he's not small as it is right now at 19, barely 19. Um, but, yes, yeah, he's he's kind of a he, – he's – I don't want to – he can pass. He can shoot. He can finish around the rim. He's got a great touch and feel to the game. He just knows how to play it at a very um, young age. And uh, I think he what he was it at media day or maybe shortly thereafter. He mentioned that, um, with all due respect to his teammates, that his goal was to uh, be the rookie of the year um, this year uh, in the NBA. And I certainly think he has the the talent, how much playing time ultimately he gets, I think will determine that. But I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised, uh, with him as well. I'm, I'm telling you the organization where they were head over heels when they were able to pick him up, uh, in the draft, uh, in that trade, they didn't think he was going to last that long and they didn't think they would have an opportunity to get him, but they did. And, and I think Shin, and, and I think Oklahoma City will ultimately really regret uh, trading him because I think he's a very unique talent. The whole draft process with him was so puzzling because he, he really should not have f- fell that far. And Oklahoma City really should not have traded him. Uh, I, I recognize two future first round picks is a lot. And the, the idea of what they can become is tantalizing, right? But it's, you're really, it's two mystery boxes. If anybody says to you that they know what those picks are going to become, they're lying to you. Because of those protections, they're so hard to predict. Uh, they could be lottery picks, but you don't know. So it, it, it's one of those things where, like, I get it. I get I get the idea of it. But Shangun is just way too talented to pass up on, in my opinion. Like, I thought he was a top seven pick in this draft. Like, I, I thought he was that freaking good. Um and it was a, it was one of those moves where it's like, yeah, the Rockets see this too, and they 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 called like ten plus teams about him trying to move up and get him, which is nuts. But like it, that's I, you can tell that was something they you know they set their eyes on before heading into the draft, and he's crazy talented. That that quote you mentioned about him being rookie of the year that was a money quote, and I think Kaylee Griffin got it. I know she was really excited when she got it too. <laughs> um, that that he yeah he he's ultra confident man. He's he wants yep. to be a star. 
he, yeah, he thinks he's going to be a star. He's he's going to be part of the rotation. There's no question about it. Um, and I think I, I think ultimately where he's going to be at his best is in the high post, like just like Jokic, um, because he has good. So obviously, he's not as big, quite as big as Jokic is, but he's got the ability to see the floor and pass and create. Um, I, again, I, I think Rockets fans are going to be very excited about him now, just like Jalen Green and Josh Christopher and Usman Garuba. There's going to be growing pains with very young players like this. Um, so there will be times where they look like 19-year-old rookies playing against polished uh, professionals. But I think you're going to notice the skill set and the talent uh, for him and Jalen Green um, right off the bat, which should get you even more excited about what ultimately can be a, can be this this team's future once these guys grow and mature. Yeah, it was funny hearing people talk about how they weren't in the beginning. They just weren't prepared for those passes at all. Like they just they just weren't expecting it. There was actually a play in the summer league where like Jalen Green. I don't think he, like he was in the vicinity of the basket. And he, uh, like Singoon caught him for a nutmeg meg pass right next to the basket. Jalen Green didn't know what to do with it, so he passed it up to a shooter. Uh, but he was right there for the layup, and then and Green knew right away I messed up. I should have put that up. And after that play, you could tell like he's been cutting even in training camp. He like what was it? DJ Augustine, Jalen Green, and Josh Christopher. All three of those guys have been cutting around the basket, trying to get in position for some of these passes. But it, it, it's it's crazy. It is crazy how fast he is with seeing that kind of stuff. And, and I've I've actually honestly I've been very impressed with Christopher too. He's got a big strong body for being um, a young guy, super athletic. As we saw in the summer league, that guy's effort level is like off the charts good. Um, which is kind of half the battle uh, in a lot of cases. Um, you know, I think he's, you know, the, the, he needs to really obviously work and they are working on improving um, his consistency with, with his jumper. But I, I think he's another, uh, again, another young player um, that um, on down the line is going to be a, a pretty significant contributor to this team. Yeah, he surprised me in summer league. Like, I, he was somebody I did not think was going to be drafted in the first round, and he he showed up to summer league and showed that he absolutely should have gotten drafted in the first round. Um, he looked really good. He looked really good. Um, so let's talk about these vets because the win the win the over under right now for this team is twenty seven and a half. I think last time I checked, and it, if they, I think they're going to hit the under. But if they hit the over on that, it's because of these vets. And I'm really talking about Air Gordon and Christian Wood. Air Gordon looks really good in training camp. From 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 by all accounts, he yes. looks like one of the best players there. Uh, Christian Wood um, looks good. He's uh, apparently you know he came into camp a little bit rusty. You know he's he, he's gotten progressively adjusted, and he not he looks really really good. What what have you thought about how you, how these vets have performed in training camp? Um, I think what Stephen Silas coming out of the, the scrimmage yesterday, I think he said it best. He mentioned that as each day has progressed, Christian Wood has gotten better. And I was out there three times this week. So I was out there the first two days and then I was out there at the scrimmage. I would agree with that assessment that Christian Wood has significantly gotten better as each day um, has progressed. I'm, I expect him to have an, another impactful season. Eric Gordon is healthy um, and which is obviously the, the biggest concern with him. Although in the beginning of his Rockets tenure, um, he was generally speaking pretty much 100% healthy the entire time up until the last um, couple of years. But he's going to be a, a key component. I'm not, ex- I'll be honest, I'm not exactly sure how they're going to end up um, using him 
um, this season. Um, I don't know if he's going to end it. Well, I guess we'll probably find out. We'll find out Tuesday, but that may or may not mean anything. But they've sort of been alternating um, players in, 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 with that, in, in with that first group. But obviously, Eric's going to have to provide, along with Christian Wood with these young guys, veteran leadership, knowledge, some patience as these young players work through some of the uh, growing pains. Uh, last year, obviously, Eric was just amazing uh, finishing uh, around the rim. He shot 75% at the rim last year, which is a, a career high. His three-point shot struggled last year. So hopefully that um, is corrected this year because I still think one of the big what-ifs for this group going in is they were a bad three-point shooting team last year. Can they find any sort of consistency um, from the three-point line to keep the floor spread, keep driving lanes open, and so forth? And so guys like Eric Gordon um, are going to play a big role in whether or not this team uh, has uh, some improvement uh, in that regard. So they're going to lean on him um, heavily. Um, yeah, he and uh, and look, I mean, what there's, I mean, he and DJ Augustine. You can't get rid of everybody, right? Um, you got to have some vets around and and look to John Wall's credit um he has been amazingly professional in all of this i would love to know how all of that came forth how the two sides ultimately came to what appears to be a pretty harmonious consensus agreement on what his situation is going to be and again, the times that I've been out at camp, um, John has been a mentor uh, and a teacher. He's, he's pulled guys like Kevin and Jalen Green aside, um, and he's playing the, a role that you wouldn't expect somebody in his position to do, especially under these circumstances. But again, credit to him. And so guys like Eric Gordon, again, DJ Augustine, guys who are going to be playing and part of their rotation, not only is their job to do what they need to do on the floor, but to provide mentorship and help with the young guys when they make some mistakes so that they hopefully don't repeat them very often moving forward. Yeah, I'll be honest. I, I personally just believe that if if Kevin Porter Jr. wasn't on this team, the, the decision wouldn't be as harmonious as it had, had become. I just think he made it so obvious that the Rockets had to get a good look at him at the starting point guard. And Wald, you know, obviously he's an NBA vet, probably the best guard on this team talent-wise, was not comfortable coming off the bench. And fair enough, like that's not something he should be doing at this point in his career. He wants to start somewhere. Uh, so I think that's probably what moved the needle there. But back but with- he, look, he, he was, but he missed two seasons. So And he right. came back last year. Um, I, I, you look, I... I this, I trust me. I think this is the best thing for the for the organ for the organization, and I applaud John Wall with unprecedented this unprecedented amount of professionalism that he's showing. I, I think he should absolutely be commended for this. Um, should be lauded for this um, uh, because, quite honestly, he didn't have to do any of this um, with what he who he's been and what he's accomplished in his career. And uh, it does look like he's going to be a positive springboard and mentor for the players who are ultimately playing instead of him, which is unusual. Yeah. It doesn't feel awkward at all. Like I I think some people try to portray it that way. I don't think it's not. Yeah. It it feels like very like, you know, harmonious, as you said, it just feels like they're something they want to do. And everybody agrees that it's the right thing to Look, do. He and Rafael Stone, I, I didn't know that was coming, right? They, they, yeah. had a, they came onto this, they did their press conference together. Like, yeah. I mean, I think right then and there, you knew that both parties 
we're on the same page. And again, so credit to John, credit to Rafael Stone and Steven Silas that they were able to, um, you know, uh, come to what, again, what appears to be a professional harmonious agreement between all sides. Yeah. I want to go back to Eric Gordon really quick because I think right now he is one of the most underrated players in basketball right now. I think people look seem to look at his contract, think he's like he's this overpaid, uh, over the hill vet, and I just don't view him that way, man. I think he's one of the best role players in the NBA, and he, I think at, there, he, at one point he was exactly that. I mean, he played in some of the biggest games in the NBA for a two or three year stretch with the Rockets, right? With Chris Paul and obviously yeah. with, with Westbrook, like that. Like he was so important to those Rockets teams. Uh, and I think, listen, I, I'm not. We don't have to talk about trades right now. I think there's going to be a lot of suitors like, after half a season with Chris, with Eric Gordon. I think he's going to look really good. I think I, I really do. I think he's going to have a really great season. Um, on to Christian Wood. Uh, so what's unusual is that you, what you keep hearing about him is that he's taken on this like vocal leadership role with the team, and that's something I didn't expect. He's 26 years old. That's that's very unusual for him to like, like to want to take on, right? Like no, normally players that age just want to be like the best player they can possibly be, you know, like just you know go about their business. And you know, as far as the leadership stuff, you leave that to the vets. But he, he uh, as of right now, is going to be the second vet, the second. Um, the second oldest player in the starting lineup, right? He's going to be one of the vets of this team. He's going to be, he's going to carry his voice is going to carry significant weight in that locker room. Um, what have you thought about that? Like, that's it, just a, it's a very strange development, but I, but I do think it's uh, something that something to watch this season. Well, somebody has to step up and take that, right? Uh, Eric Gordon is a pretty quiet and unassuming individual. That's just his personality. Um, DJ Augustine, again, a vet who, is a backup point guard. So you're not really going to have your team leader that does, you know, um, obviously Jalen green comes in as the number two overall pick, but he's 19 years old. Um, and Kevin Porter is what 20, 21 now. So, um, Christian Wood is, is somebody who put up all-star like numbers last year. Quite honestly, I thought he, I, look, there, there are a lot of people who deserve to be in the all-star game. I certainly think that his production deserved, um, some recognition as an all-star, um, last year, the way that he played, supremely talented individual as you mentioned um he's you know uh, depending upon whether or not eric gordon ends up uh starting on a regular basis again we'll have to kind of find out as we find out with the way that steven silas works his li- lineups and rotations but uh he's going to be a guy who's going to be playing a lot of minutes and he's going to pl- be playing a central role um with this team uh he is someone who obviously has a pretty intriguing backstory himself as he's had to grind for everything that he's accomplished uh, in his career. He finally feels like he has found a home and an opportunity to kind of be a, to play a central role. And I, and I think that's a good thing. And so long as his production is basically 20 and 10 and shooting 37 plus percent from three every night, as it was last year, and he can stay healthy and keep those ankles uh, from getting sprained. Um, I'm all for it uh, because I think that um, he has um, as much talent as anybody on this team and they're going to need him to play big. And if he does and he steps up and he takes that vocal role, so be it. Yeah. The big thing with him is obviously going to be the defense. Like if he can become a better defender, right? That's, that's the, that's the one thing missing with him. If he can become like an above average defender, right? Instead of where he's at right now, which is like slightly below average, I would say if he can become like an above average this season. And what's interesting is that he wants to be someone who can switch on, on the ball, uh, and pick and roll this season uh, defensively, which is going to be interesting to see how the Rockets decide to do that, right? They, ha- they obviously have Tyson in the lineup, right? So they're going to have, 
they're going to be playing more of a drop back scheme when when those two are on the on the floor together. But I do think that those guys are going to switch more next season. Uh, go, kind of harkening back to the old Rockets teams and how he does in, in switches is going to be fascinating. I I I, I don't know. He the Rockets really didn't switch that much last season. That's going to be interesting. Um, and you know, as far as the All Star conversation, really the defense is. The only thing he has left, uh, and you know, obviously team winning, but I just I, I don't know how one player can impact winning that much to really make that much of a difference. I think really with him, if he can become a better defender, that's that all star spot's going to be there for them. It, it, it just it's it's good. it's hard. He's in the Western Conference. There's a ton of really talented players, particularly at the forward position, because the forwards are just kind of yeah, they're all grouped yeah, together. Yeah, it, it's it, it's 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 a really tough position to crack, but. Um, if if he can get better defensively, he has a chance. It's it's it's, it's really hard, but he has a chance. Uh, but but getting better defensively is going to be. I mentioned the three point shooting. I think that's one important key for this team this year. Can they uh, go from being bad to not bad as a three point shooting? I'll just I'll just leave it at that. I, I'm, I'm not saying I don't I don't I still don't expect this team to be um, amongst the elite three point shooting teams in the league. But they can't be poor, or at least that would that should be the goal. Um, Defensively, uh, not only for Christian Wood, but where is Kevin Porter Jr. in his development yeah. um, as 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 a defender? Um, where is Jalen Green going to be um, as a defender uh, in this league? Um, I think having a healthy uh, David Nawaba, who's looked good in camp, as has Daniel House, uh, will certainly help in that regard. Eric Gordon, when he's healthy, is an outstanding defensive player uh, himself. We have not brought up Jay Sean Tate yet, and I think he's just looked tremendous uh, in the times that I've seen him out um, at practice. Um, I think he's going to have a really, really good year. And obviously, last year he was their best overall uh, defender. And so, where can and, and, and Tice um, is not going to be the offensive player nowhere near that Kelly Olynyk was um, last year, um, but he's somebody who should be a significant upgrade defensively and so again I, I think how that group learns and works and grows and develops on court chemistry I think will go a long way towards seeing if they can go from being bottom of the league defensively to hopefully uh at worst you know they maybe they can try to get to become a league average uh, d- uh team defensively and if that's the case then may- then maybe ultimately they will surprise some people and, and win some more games than most people are expecting yeah, Jay Sean Tate's awesome. Like he's just awesome. He's like, good. Yeah. We, we talked about um preseason kind of being somewhat of a tell as to how training camp's going and like what the what the coaching staff is thinking with lineups and stuff. One of the biggest tells that Jay Sean Tate was way better than we that we all thought he was was when Steven Silas started him in preseason last year. Right? Like that was the biggest tell that this guy's doing something in training camp that's turning, you know, the heads of the the heads of the the coaching staff. That that was uh that was that was certainly big, and it, it was right. Like he was obviously all team defense rookie. Like he 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 is going to be a really important figure for this Rockets team, not only this next season but moving forward. He's still on his rookie deal, which is you know it's surprising. He's twenty five years old, but he's still on his rookie deal because he you know, obviously came from overseas. Yeah, but he is on that rookie deal, so he's going to be under team control for a long time. Going to be a part of the Rockets core for as long as they want to keep him on the Rockets core. And he can play like so many different positions. It real the really the the one area of his game that just needs improvement is a three point shooter, yeah. right? And and he's obviously obviously worked on that, but he that's something that has to come around. Like he needs to be like thirty four, you know, percent from three at the minimum. 
you know, to be like a, I think a starting caliber, starting small forward in the NBA. But it's, I, I think, I think he might have the chance, the opportunity at starting small forward next season. Like I, I really do. I think, I think the training staff, I mean, the coaching staff has kind of been experimenting, as you said, with that that three spot with Eric Gordon, Jay Shante. So they haven't made up their mind yet. But I do think he has a chance. He, he's he's awesome. He, he he unlocks so many different things for them um, lineup wise. Oh, absolutely. He plays so incredibly hard. Um, he's got tremendous um, feel for the game as well. I don't know where he's going to end up being. Um, I think it might be my computer. I don't know what's going on here. Um, it's just beeping at me. So I apologize if that's uh, uh, coming across. I don't know ultimately where he's going to end up as a, as, as a three point shooter um, this season. Uh, but he gives them the opportunity again to kind of switch everything. He can defend multiple positions, tends to be in the right place at the right time. And again, for a team that's going to want to play hard and fast, uh, he can handle the ball. He can be a secondary playmaker. We, we saw some of that last year, obviously, um, as well. And so um, I'm excited to see what round number two for Jay Sean Tate is going to be this year. Yeah, I'm excited to watch this team, man. Like, the, like last season, I, I've talked about this with you. Like, last season just felt so unimportant. Like, it, no, nothing felt like it mattered last season. It was uh, tough. I'll, yeah. I'll say it was. It was. It was tough. It was tough. Right, and like I, I, I just I didn't even feel like well, I, I had to watch this team, but I, I just I, I refused to watch them live. I refused to sit through commercials to watch the, the last year's Rockets teams. I will sit through commercials next year, or I guess I won't have to because I'll be at the games. But um, it, it is going to be an exciting team to watch. I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to listen to you on the broadcast. I can't wait to see this new AT and T crew. Um, thank you so so much for coming on, Craig. You can obviously find Craig on AT&T Sportsnet throughout the season. And where can we find you on social media? Uh, CA underscore uh, Rockets on Twitter. Um, and again, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much for all the kind words that you had uh, about me um, getting this opportunity uh, in a previous podcast. I really do appreciate that. And uh, I'm excited. Let's do it. We only got a you know, we got a first preseason game coming up on, on Tuesday. So uh, the wait is uh, the wait is almost over. I'll see you there, Craig. All right. Thank you.